and welcome back to Awaken and Empower. Since you're listening to this, I hope that means you took a listen to the first three episodes and you were intrigued enough by that little intro series to tune in again. No matter why you're here, I'm so grateful for you. I know you could be doing so many other things with your time and it truly means a lot that you've decided to allow me and this podcast to take up some space in your life. So now that we have all of the introduction stuff covered, we can now get into the real meat of this show. So in this episode, I thought it'd be helpful for you and fun for me if I shared my self-development story. Now, if you're already on my email list or you've read my blog or followed Living Embrace in any capacity, you might already know a thing or two about my story and how I got to where I am now. Over the past couple years, I've shared my story in a variety of places online, on podcasts, and even in public at speaking events. It's something I've gotten much more comfortable with, and that's a big deal for me because I used to truly believe that I didn't have any stories worth sharing. I didn't enjoy writing or speaking about myself because I just didn't think my experiences mattered. I studied professional writing in university, and in the majority of my classes, we wrote creative nonfiction, so real-life narratives, and I remember struggling so much to figure out what to write about and being so hard on myself. I had this deep-seated limiting belief that I didn't have a story worth sharing. Thankfully, I've worked through and overcome that limiting belief, and now I truly believe that everyone, including me, has a story to tell. Everyone's stories matter, and they're important. I learn so much from hearing the stories of others. Stories help me learn about life, about other people, and about myself. Stories are magic, and they're real, and they matter. So if you have trouble believing in the value of your life stories, just remember that they are valuable simply because they happened and you experienced them. You don't have to share your story if you don't want to, but if that is something you want to do, but you're holding back in fear that your story isn't big enough or eventful enough or anything like that, just know that there's someone out there who needs to hear your story. There's someone who is waiting to hear a story like yours so they can know they're not alone. So yeah, that's my little spiel on the importance of our stories. I just really believe in that and that's why I'm committed to always sharing my truth on this podcast and in all my other work because I believe that when one person shares their truth, they encourage others to discover, embody, and speak theirs too. So today I will be sharing my story or the main aspects of my story thus far. I hope hearing it will help you get to know me even better And even more than that, I hope it helps you come to terms with your own story in some way. Now, one other side note before we begin. I've noticed that the way I tell my story changes slightly over time. I really think this is because that I, like every other human, I'm constantly evolving and growing. And as I evolve and grow, so does my perspective. The further down the path of my growth I go, the further away I get from my past experiences, and therefore the more perspective I gain about those experiences. I really think that the closer we are to an experience time-wise, the less we're able to adopt a full, nuanced perspective on it. You know that saying that wisdom comes with age? Well, I believe that's true of all ages. You don't have to be in your 80s or 90s. I'm already experiencing it at 25. It's so true and it can feel so enlightening to be able to look back at past experiences 
especially ones that felt really difficult, and to realize the big picture reason of why that happened and what it would eventually lead you to. So yes, this is the current version of my story, but I'm sure down the line, maybe even just like a year or even a few months from now, I'll tell it a little differently. And I have to admit one thing, it was kind of difficult for me to decide how to map out this story today. One, I think because I just haven't told it in a while, and two, because I was just putting so much pressure on myself to address every single layer of this story. Because, like I said, the more I've grown, the more perspective I've gained, and man oh man, have I gained a lot of perspective over the past few years. I've just had many realizations and I've cultivated a deeper understanding of it all and that has manifested into many, many layers. And so I think subconsciously I was convincing myself that I had to explore all of those layers in this one episode and that's honestly a near impossible task. So I just started being hypercritical of myself and putting this episode to the side because it felt too hard, it felt too big. But the other day, I just realized that it's okay if I don't touch on every single layer. It's okay. I can't encapsulate my whole existence into one podcast episode, and that's okay. Starting this podcast has really forced me to navigate the pressures I put on myself in terms of my creativity, but that's a whole other topic of discussion, so I won't get into it. But I'm just sharing this little tidbit because I just want to be honest and true always on this show. It's kind of a mantra I've been keeping in mind. Honest and true. Honest and true. Because if I'm not being honest and true, what the heck am I doing here? Okay, enough tangents. Let's just get into it. So here's the story of the winding road of my self-development journey so far. So I went to the University of Toronto and I graduated in 2017. And the year and a half after I graduated was the most difficult period of my life. I now fondly refer to it as my quarter-life crisis, but truly, while it was happening, it did feel like a crisis in so many ways. While I was in school, I thought I wanted to work as an editor after graduation. Deep down, I had really wanted to be a writer ever since I was little. I studied English and professional writing in university, and while I still really enjoyed writing and learned so many great writing skills, I figured the more practical route would be to look for a job in editing, because I also enjoyed that and I figured it may be easier to find a job in that field. Now, opting for the more practical option was my first problem, but that's a whole other discussion. So, anyways, I started looking around for jobs a couple months before I graduated, and I kept looking after I graduated. And then things quickly took a turn for the worst. All through school, I had been a good student. I got high grades, I followed all the rules, I literally got a high out of achieving and succeeding, and I couldn't realize it then, but school and my educational achievements were a big part of my identity. School gave me guidance and purpose and structure, and when I graduated, that all went away. I had a very weak sense of self back then, and like I said, I just couldn't realize how much my identity depended on my education and external achievements. And so when I didn't have school and everything that came with it to define me, I went through a sort of identity crisis that I just didn't know how to handle. On top of that, I discovered I didn't actually know what I wanted to do with my life. 
I continued my job search, even applied to a couple of jobs, and I think I maybe had an interview or two. But for the most part, my search for a postgraduate job consisted of me obsessively scrolling through job search websites and beating myself up for not finding anything that appealed to me. I would find a job that had some characteristics I liked, but then one or two things I didn't like and so I wouldn't want to apply. I seriously didn't know what was wrong with me. Something just felt off and wrong when I looked at all these jobs. I told myself I was being naive and too picky and I was just so hard on myself. It wasn't until much later that I realized I didn't really want a full-time 9-to-5 office job that just didn't appeal to me. And yet I kept looking for jobs that fit that traditional framework because I just didn't know that there was any other way. So the job search wasn't going well, and it caused even more of an identity crisis for me because, like I said, back then, I really defined myself by external circumstances. So because I wasn't having much luck finding a job in my field of study, I stayed at the part-time retail job I had had since high school. It was a decent job as far as retail jobs go, and I was treated well by my managers. I mean, compared to some of the horror stories I've heard from other people who work in retail, I had it pretty good. But needless to say, it wasn't my dream job, and I just truly felt like I didn't belong there for many reasons. But back then, it was all I had, and that was discouraging because on top of feeling trapped in my search for a job in my field, I felt obligated to stay at my retail job because what the heck else did I have to do? I felt really stuck and lost and confused. In addition to those feelings, I also felt so much shame and guilt. Inevitably, when you become a new graduate, people will ask you what you're doing next. And by people, I mean everyone, <laughs> at least in my experience. My relatives, my coworkers, even my hairdresser. <laughs> we live in a society where our natural inclination when talking to someone or meeting someone is to ask about what they do. And that in itself is a whole other discussion as well, one that I have many feelings on, but for now, I digress. So yeah, back then, nearly everyone I came into contact with would ask me some version of, what are you doing with your life? I truly cannot express the level of shame and guilt that overcame me when all I had to say for myself was that the job search wasn't going well and I was still working in retail. I basically had to admit that I had no idea what I was doing with my life. Now, for some people, this might not seem like a big deal, but for the version of me back then, it was too much to handle because of my weak sense of self. I was so ashamed of my lack of external success because I had always had external success to show for myself all through school, and not having that was completely new territory for me. On top of that, I all too easily fell into the trap of comparison. Social media led me to believe that the people I graduated with had it all figured out. Some were already working full-time, or even had an internship, others were traveling the world, some were going on to do more schooling, and some were even getting married and buying houses and having babies. Of course, back then, I couldn't recognize that there were probably also new graduates like me who had no freaking clue what they were doing. But my mind decided to zero in on those who did seem to have it figured out, and I'm sure you can imagine this had only a negative effect on my mental and emotional state. All of this compounded into some of the worst mental health experiences I've ever had. 
At that point in my life, I was beginning to understand mental health in general and coming to terms with my own mental health. I had realized that I had been struggling with anxiety for basically my whole life and had experienced periods of depression. But my understanding of all that was very new and not nearly as developed as it would later become. So everything I was feeling as a new graduate manifested into really high anxiety and really low depression and I had no idea how to handle it. It was rough and that's an understatement. It's hard for me to think back to that time because it was just so painful. I truly felt so lost, confused, stuck, alone, ashamed, and even more than that, I didn't see any way out. I couldn't figure out a solution and I didn't know how to help myself. My mental health was at its worst, I lived in constant battle with myself, and I had absolutely no clue what I was doing with my life. And I was afraid. I was afraid I would never get unstuck. I was afraid I would never move forward or find anything that interested me. And I was truly afraid that I just wasn't cut out for life as an adult. I was convinced that the way of life I longed for just didn't exist. And I was about to give up and settle into an easier, more practical, more expected option. The idea of doing that hurt my soul, but I saw no other way. Needless to say, my time as a new graduate was absolutely not what I expected it to be. I think back on it now and I just want to hug that version of myself. She felt so hopeless and she didn't know how to ask for help and she was very near to the brink of just giving up. And most of all, she just didn't know who she was or who she could be. At the end of the summer of 2018, something in me shifted. I knew I had to make a change. I just couldn't keep living the way I was. I honestly don't remember what caused this shift in me. I guess I was just fed up with feeling sorry for myself and wasting my life in self-criticism. Whatever it was, something changed and it sparked a whole new journey for me. After over a year of failed job searching, painful mental health struggles, feeling stuck and lost and utterly worn down by my own inner demons, I decided that what I really wanted was to take a trip, alone. Solo travel had been an idea in the back of my mind for a while, but I kept convincing myself that I wouldn't be able to do it for many reasons. First of all, back then, my social anxiety made doing anything in public, especially on my own, a huge struggle. I was always hyper aware of how I might be perceived by others, and I lived in fear of looking weird or doing the wrong thing. When it got really bad, I couldn't even walk down the street without worrying about what other people thought of me. So there was that, and then also the fact that I was, and kind of still am, directionally challenged. I had trouble navigating my own city that I lived in my whole life. How the heck was I going to navigate a whole new place by myself? There were also the practical issues of money and time and planning and all the stuff I was convinced was holding me back. But I kept coming back to the idea and even started researching safe places for solo travel. After much research, planning, and contemplating, I decided what I really wanted was to take a trip to Banff, Alberta. It seemed like a very safe and viable and fun option. I live in Ontario, Canada, and Alberta is only a few provinces to the west of me, so I would be staying in my own country. I also wanted to go in October 2018, which was the off-season, so the price of flights and accommodation wouldn't be as expensive, and overall it just seemed like a very tourist-friendly place to visit, plus it looked 
hella gorgeous. So I spent a few weeks preparing, mostly mentally and emotionally, and on October 18th, 2018, I left for my first solo trip. That trip was quite literally the catalyst for all the personal growth that I experienced afterward, even up until this day. I experienced more self-development in the five days I spent by myself in Banff than I had in the whole year and a half since I'd graduated. I challenged myself, I enjoyed myself, I did things I never thought I would be able to do on my own. I navigated nature trails, I hiked a mountain, I went into restaurants and asked for a table for one. I even sat at a bar by myself. I thought I would feel too exposed or nervous doing all these things on my own, but Banff was honestly the perfect place for me to do it. Everyone was super friendly and didn't make me feel weird for being alone. Sure, I did have some moments when I felt lonely, but overall, I just felt like I had so much more space and energy to breathe and reflect and be in the moment. I felt so invigorated and refreshed and more at peace than I'd felt in a very, very long time. My first solo trip changed my life in so many ways. And looking back on it now, I don't know what direction my life would have taken if I hadn't gone to Banff alone. When I got back home, things very slowly started falling into some sort of order. One of the first major things that happened after my trip was that I decided I needed to get help for my mental health. I had been struggling for so long, basically my whole life, but especially since I had graduated, and I just knew it was time to finally ask for help. I talked to my family, my boyfriend, my friends, and in December 2018, I made an appointment with my family doctor to talk about it. She guided me through some mental health evaluations, and we both decided the best place for me to start was through a program here in Ontario called Bounce Back. It's a free mental health skill building program that's funded by the Canadian Mental Health Association, and my doctor had several other patients who found the program really helpful. So I signed up for that and started having phone sessions with a coach in January 2019. It was a very accessible and gentle place to start in terms of opening up about my mental health and receiving help. It was difficult at first to talk about my struggles out loud with someone I didn't really know, but after a couple of sessions, I got more comfortable. That program really helped me understand my mental health better. I learned effective coping skills. And I think the most helpful thing I learned during those few months was how to articulate and verbalize my emotions and everything I was feeling, which was something I had always struggled with. So I was in the program from January to May 2019, and during that time, I was also starting to create my blog. Now, just like this podcast and literally every other big life change I make in my life, starting a blog had been something I wanted to do for a while but it took me a long time to find the courage to start it. In January 2019, I finally did. So throughout January and February, I did all the basic groundwork learning and reflecting about things like how to actually build a website and what my blog would be about and all that stuff. And on March 4th, I launched my blog, Living Embrace. Back then, it was a mental health and wellness blog where I could share my writing and connect with others. I wrote and published a blog post every week and all the while I learned even more about how to maintain and run a blog. Starting Living Embrace was a huge step for me, one that came with many emotions. But for the first time since I graduated, I felt like I was finally getting closer to somewhat of an idea of what I wanted to do in my life. I didn't start my blog to make money off of it, 
But as I learned more about the online space, I found hope in knowing that there were people out there who weren't tied to a 9-to-5 office job. People who were working for themselves and creating their own schedule and living life on their terms. Starting my blog was my first foray into what it means to live a creative life and to stray from the norm of what a job looks like. But like I said, I didn't start my blog hoping that it would turn into a job. As much as I was enjoying the process, there was still something that felt a little off. I didn't feel aligned with some of the money-making aspects of running a blog, and the tactics to turn it into a job didn't feel right for me in a way that I just couldn't quite put my finger on. A couple months into my blogging journey, I decided to sign up for a blogging course. I had already invested a pretty decent chunk of change into creating my website, and the blogging course I had my eye on came with a hefty price tag, so my limiting money beliefs back then almost prevented me from signing up for it. But something in me just knew that this course could answer so many of the questions I had about running a blog, and it would make the whole process so much easier than wading through all the answers Google shot out at me. So after much contemplation, I signed up for the course, and Oh my goodness, that decision, like all the decisions I had been making since taking my Banff trip, truly changed the course of my life. One aspect of the blogging course was that all the students had the opportunity to be paired up with an accountability buddy. So basically, we'd get matched with another student in the course who was in a similar blogging niche, and we could support each other through our journey of taking the course, but also blogging in general. At first, my social anxiety almost prevented me from even signing up for a partner, but I decided to give it a shot and see what happened. I was paired with a woman from Florida, and we would talk on the phone as often as we could, and I actually got really comfortable opening up to her about not just blogging, but my life in general and everything I had gone through since graduating. My partner ended up gifting me with my first exposure to the career of life coaching. She happened to be a law of attraction coach, which is one of the subsets of life coaching. I'd never heard of this career before, and the more I learned about it, the more intrigued I became. Everything about it seemed too good to be true. And a few weeks into our partnership, I had a moment I will never forget. A moment that, again, changed the course of my life. My partner sent me some videos that the coaching school where she was certified put out explaining the basics of what life coaching is. I think it was about five videos and By the second one, I was in tears, full-on sobbing. Everything in me was overcome by this deep knowing that this, this is what I need to do. This is what I'm meant to do. This is what I have been searching for. It was all there, even the aspects I longed for but didn't know were possible. Life coaching checked all the boxes of how I wanted to make money, leave an impact in the world, and live my life. I was in shock that all of this was possible. And that was it. From that moment on, I knew what I wanted to do. The rest of 2019 was a wild ride of learning as much as I could about how to become a life coach and taking advantage of any opportunity that felt right to me. I sat on with my own life coach and received coaching for about three months, which was another investment in myself that benefited my life in so many ways, even up until today. I also got the opportunity to do some public speaking and podcast interviews as a way to share my story and promote the work I was doing for my blog. Most of that public speaking was actually for Bounce Back, the mental health program I went through. 
I spoke and shared my story at a few events and even had the opportunity to be interviewed for a national news channel on Bell Let's Talk Day in 2020, which is an annual day here in Canada to raise money and spread awareness about mental health. Being featured in a TV segment was a surreal experience to say the least, and it's one that I still can't believe I did. Now, I'm not sharing all this to brag or to put emphasis on my external achievements because I truly believe that as miraculous as these achievements can be, they are not a representation of my self-worth. I saw how damaging that mindset was to me before, and since then I've been really careful to celebrate my external success while also keeping in mind that they don't necessarily define me. Because when I fall into that trap, it can make those periods in life where no external or tangible success is happening a really difficult and painful time. I didn't have that realization until much after all this stuff was happening, but that's another story for another day. Also in 2019, I decided that I wanted to pursue some sort of education in life coaching. I did a lot of research on different programs, and I found one that felt right for me. I went through the application process, and on my birthday, November 13th, I was accepted to Rhodes Wellness College for their life coaching certificate program. Best birthday gift ever. (laughs) The program started in January 2020, and it was an online part-time program. The school is in Vancouver, but thankfully I could do the program from the comfort of my bedroom. The program was six months, and again, it was one of those experiences that changed my life. I feel like I keep saying that, but it's true. I learned so much in those classes, not just about how to be an effective coach, but also how to be a better person. I made strong connections with my classmates, one of which turned into a friendship that I'm sure will stand the test of time. I challenged myself, I expanded my comfort zone, and I became more and more sure that I am meant to do this. I'm so thankful I had this class during the insane whirlwind of 2020. It acted as an anchor in a time that felt so up in the air. And on June 15th, I graduated from the program and officially became an International Coaching Federation accredited life coach. It was a big achievement, not just on the surface, but on a deeper soul level. It's kind of hard to put into words what that whole experience meant to me and how it impacted my life and my sense of self. I launched my coaching business one month after I graduated, and that started a whole other journey that I'm still deeply in today. I think I'm going to save that part for another podcast because I've already been talking for a while, (laughs) and the months following the launch of my business were a really potent time to say the least, and I'd like to give that story a space of its own, so stay tuned for that. Looking back now on this whole journey over the past few years, I can really see how each phase, each moment, even the really hard ones, and probably especially the really hard ones, it was all leading me to where I was meant to be. Everything was a beautifully messy domino effect, guiding me to the next place in my self-development journey. I truly believe there were some bigger forces at play, forces I might never understand, but that were always bringing me closer to where I was meant to go. We all go through hard times, and in the moment, it sucks. Like, I think back to that year and a half after graduation, and I'm not gonna lie, it sucked. And I had moments where I truly just hated myself and my life. But that time passed, I got through it, and I continue getting through it. I really love this one quote that says something like, You have survived 100% of your hardest days. It's so true. As hard as those times were, you're here, which means you got through it. The greatest beauty can come from the hardest pain if only we can trust the process and never give up on ourselves. 
Over the past few years, I have learned so much about who I am and who I am not, how to take care of myself, how I want to leave my mark on this world, and so much of the understanding I have now has stemmed from the darkest periods of my life. As hard as life can be, I wouldn't change anything that has happened in my self-development journey, because it all had purpose, even though I might not have realized it in the moment. So that's my story, or a big chunk of my story anyways. Man, if I sat here and dumped all the intricacies of my human experience onto you in one go, we'd be here for a while. But I really feel like this is the main essence of my journey. Aside from everything that has happened since I launched my business, which, like I said, will be revealed in another episode. And yeah, I just hope that by hearing my story, maybe you feel a little less alone and more sure of your story. Because like I said at the beginning, your story and all of your stories matter. And if you're in a more difficult or painful part of your self-development journey right now, trust that it will pass. I know that seems impossible sometimes. Trust me, I know. But it will eventually pass and you'll have the strength, the self-empowerment, and the life lessons to prove it. Maybe you're listening and you're going through your own quarter-life crisis. I can't put myself into your shoes, but I have walked a similar path, and I know how lonely, frightening, and overwhelming that path can feel. It's scary to realize you don't really know what you want with your life, or you don't know who you are. That's some scary stuff. When I was going through that, I thought I would never find my way off that path. If you're going through your own sort of identity crisis and you just don't know who you are or what you want in life, trust the nudges. Follow what brings you joy and take the leap. Even if you have no idea what you're doing and nothing makes sense. When I took my solo trip and launched my blog and started learning more about life coaching and everything else that happened, I had no freaking clue what I was doing or what was going to happen. No clue. And that was tough for my anxious heart because I like having a plan and knowing what's coming. But I did it anyway because for some reason I wasn't yet aware of, it just felt right. You are allowed to do something just because it feels good to you. It doesn't have to have a foreseeable end goal right from the start. Give yourself permission to try things just because it makes you happy. When you follow those nudges, even if they don't make sense right away, you are bound to find a deeper understanding of who you are and why you're here in this life. Your inner voice is always there, waiting for you to listen to it and to really hear it. When I was searching for jobs and nothing felt right, that wasn't because I was being too picky or naive like my mind was telling me. No, it was my intuition telling me that I was meant for so much more, even if I didn't know what that looked like at that time. If I hadn't eventually listened to that guidance, I would probably be miserable right now, denying the desires of my soul and working a full-time, practical job just because I think I should. I by no means have my life all figured out right now, and I have a lot of developing left to do. But overall, I'm happy with the life I've chosen for myself. I'm proud of myself for taking those chances, even though they were freaking scary. I'm so grateful that I'm living my life and chasing my dreams on my terms and in a way that feels so meaningful, fulfilling, and purposeful to me. As soon as I started listening to my intuition, and tending to my inner world, and truly taking care of myself, everything changed. I became committed to myself in ways I had never been before, and as a result of that, I opened myself up to all the possibilities I never knew existed. Tending to my inner world led me down the path of slowly putting together the pieces of my outer world. Self-development is a winding and unpredictable journey, 
one that you've just got to put your trust into and believe that with small, energetic, and tangible changes and faith in your heart, you will be led to exactly where you're meant to be. So follow those nudges and dare to see what may happen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and allowing me to share my story with you. If you're liking the show, I'd love to hear from you. I'll put my contact info in the show notes. And if you have a moment, I'd also really appreciate a rating, a review. It would really help this show reach the ears of more people. And yeah, just thanks for being here. I'm so grateful for you. And I will talk to you in the next episode. Bye.